it's the No Further Information Podcast. Welcome and thanks for listening. The mission of this podcast is true stories from cops. There will be no filters, no bullshit, and no drama. Part of the reason I wanted to start the podcast is... I always used to tell people when I was a cop... You know, when we were standing around the 7-Eleven... Coffee in hand... 2 o'clock in the morning... I used to turn to my other officers and I'd say... uh, You ever wonder what people think we're talking about? Because, you know, we'd be laughing and cutting it up... Talking about dirty shit. I'm like, I wonder if people think we're... You know, gearing up for a raid or... If we just went to like some crazy call or tactical operation. Instead we're talking about, you know, taking a shit. You know, having to perform the rest of the shift with some nasty ass drawers. Because we didn't make it. Had to run to a hot call and shove some toilet paper down there because we didn't have time to wipe. A lot of poop centric talk actually. So I want to give people an insight into what exactly it is we do. I mean, true crime is all the rage right now. And it's a journalistic look at crime from the outside. Every now and then you'll get a body-worn camera, some interview room surveillance footage, the cop testifying on the stand. But so rarely do you get to stand there at the 7-Eleven with us. So rarely do you get to sit in the car with us and bullshit. And oftentimes when a cop does have to talk to somebody, whether it's at a party or some social gathering, there's always a sense of apprehension. This is your chance to listen to exactly what it is cops talk about. Another reason I wanted to start this is throughout my time on the job, and don't worry, I'll get to who I am, I always used to tell My buddies, no one gives a shit about you. Shut the fuck up. Do your job. Go home. Jerk off. And go to bed. Now, what do I mean by no one gives a shit about you? There's too much made about cops are celebrated heroes and they go through the worst of the worst and We need to take care of these people. It's the same bullshit that we feed veterans, right? All veterans are heroes, and we we have to treat these veterans better than... Though the bottom line is nobody does, right? Everybody knows that the veteran healthcare system is broken, and we treat veterans like shit. Well, it's the same thing with cops. We understand that cops see the worst of the worst. Not all cops, but we understand that some cops see the worst of the worst. Who really gives a shit? It ain't our supervisors, right? For as much as they talk about, oh, you know, cops need a safe space and open dialogue and uh, the uh, Texas Peer Network, which is the uh, state-sponsored officer mental health assistance hotline here in Texas. We have our families and spouses who have to listen to our stories. If you're anything like me, I eventually got over it, but I, it got to a point where uh, I, I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. You know, I'd come home and they ask, oh, how was your day? It was fine. You know, l- little did she know I was walking through a pool of blood 10 minutes ago. 
and all you can really talk to are other cops. And when that lifeline is cut off, who do you really have? You can't talk to a shrink. No way. We understand the stigma. And so people say, oh, well, nowadays, you know, it's different. People understand officer mental health. Bullshit. Who the fuck doesn't know that you're going to see a shrink? Small departments, large departments. Especially if you try to use EAP, right? It's pretty obvious that you're seeing a shrink. You're untouchable. Everybody knows it. Nobody wants to work with you. So what do you do? You bottle it up. I think by giving cops a chance to talk and talk amongst each other, to talk to someone who understands what they're going through, it's a bit of a catharsis. No judgment. No criticisms or critiques, unless they're warranted. And more importantly, just a place to talk. Just a place to get it off your chest. Now, I will admit that um, I've always wanted to do something like this. You know, now, obviously, you're coming out of the academy 15 minutes. Your first thought isn't, I want to start a podcast where cops get to talk. Also, what the fuck is a podcast? Because it's, you know, 1999. But uh, I always thought, what a uh, what a smart idea to just collect cops' stories. Because it's different than than it's different than just telling the stories. It's letting the cops speak for themselves. But it's also different to have a cop telling some journalist, oh, you know, about that time that I was on that raid. It's it, it's different when there's a cop interviewing another cop. So uh, a lot of this is inspired by a book called Cops by Mark Baker. I highly suggest you give it a read. It's an old one, but a good one. Well, that leads us to the next question. Well, why does anyone want to talk to you? Well, who am I? Uh, I'm an ex-street cop. I was a street cop my entire career until um, I was a supervisor towards the end. And uh, I eventually retired at a high rank. Um, the bulk of my sworn law enforcement experience was in Texas. But I'm originally from Jackson Heights, Queens. I actually uh, was an auxiliary cop for the NYPD in my home command, the 115, for three years before I moved to Texas to chase some tail. Let's see, what would have happened had I stayed in New York? Well, at the time, uh, New York was allowing school safety officers to do two years and then uh, join the police academy. Uh, for those who don't know, the NYPD in the early 90s instituted a hiring, requir hiring requirement that required uh, two years of military, active duty military, or 60, uh, back home we call it semester hours of, of uh, college credit. Uh, when you're poor and stupid like me, going to college, uh, probably not in the books. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess I was... Uh, too skinny to join the military. I don't know. I, believe me, that's not the problem now. But, um, you know, when I was 17, I said I wanted to join the Marines. My father said, hell no. So then I said I wanted to join the NYPD. And he said, uh, well, you have two choices. You could live at home or you can join the NYPD. Guess, what, guess which one I chose. 
So I was 19 years old wearing a City of New York uniform standing in the middle of the uh, Main Street uh, 7 train bus uh, train station having all these eyeballs on me. Anyway, uh, after I moved here, uh, I got on a job, bounced around, tried to find my niche, and I eventually found it with DWIs. Uh, DWI enforcement was my passion. You'll hear me talk a lot about it with my fellow officers, my interviewees, um, and you'll hear that I have some thoughts on it. Um, I'm a bad cop because of my big fat mouth. My big fat mouth got me into a lot of trouble. Um, add to the fact that I'm a minority and I'm also not from the South, as you can, if you can hear, um, means that I don't fit in. So my big fat mouth got me into a lot of trouble. I said what was on my mind a lot. I didn't acquiesce. I didn't kiss ass. And more importantly, I told a lot of people, um, what I thought. And, uh, that really, uh, does not jive with the police model. So the trait that makes me a bad cop, uh, makes me an excellent interviewer. I know how to talk to people. I know how to relate. I'm not a robot. I cut out the dumb cop speak and I hope you eventually start to as well. Now it may come off as, you know, a bit of arrogance or, um, shit talking cops. And the bottom line is, yeah, I am. I'm shit talking a lot of cops. I'm shit talking most cops because most cops are bad. Most cops are bad at their job. Many cops are bad at their job. Most cops are bad at their job. And the good ones, we don't hear from. Every now and then there's a newspaper article. Every now and then they get put in the papers for saving some cat in a tree. Well, that might be more of a fire department function. But you don't hear about the guys and gals who are out there using their brains, using their expertise, using their know-how, using their people skills, getting the job done, not fucking complaining, not seeking the accolades or the stripes or the gold shield, doing their fucking jobs, which is exactly what we should be doing. I mean, ask yourself, if you're a cop listening to this right now, you ask yourself, who are the celebrated officers, officers in, your, in your department? Who are the ones succeeding? Who are the ones getting paid the most? Who are the ones being tweeted about or exed about? Sure as fuck ain't you. So I'm an excellent interviewer. And I'll be filled with uh, plenty of gems like those. All right, so what's the plan? As you can tell, everything sounds like shit because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how to start a podcast. I don't know anything about audio or equipment. I got all this shit on Amazon, you know, three weeks ago. But I'm focusing more on content. I'm going to deliver raw, unfiltered interviews. Now, when I say raw and unfiltered, I do have to... I do have to, uh, I do have to be honest. I'm going to do my best to conceal as much information as will protect the storyteller. Well, that's not fair. I'm granting anonymity to those who ask for it. Well, bullshit. I thought you said this was unfiltered. No drama. Yeah. Not at the expense of your fucking job. I want you to have a place where you can come and talk. 
I want you to have a place where you can speak honestly, speak your mind. Tell me any detail you want or don't want. So if you don't want to tell me your name, if you don't want to tell me your department, if you don't even want to tell me your fucking city or state, I don't care. Bring me your raw, honest stories. So I'm going to be looking for storytellers that I know, those people that have worked with me and for me, that I've taught, that I've worked alongside. I'm going to be asking you, the public, any cops out there, come tell me your story. If you hear something on my podcast that sounds like shit, if you think, oh, God, he's stupid, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking Come on the podcast. Let's talk about it. Challenge me. Because I want to be challenged. I want to know that there are more good cops than bad cops out there. And I know that there are. But there are so many bad cops. So come on here. Let's talk. I'm going to do my best to conceal as much information as I can. If an officer... You may hear an episode where an officer is being uh, censored or redacted, that's because they're letting some vital piece of information slip. And rather than have them re-record the entire episode, I prefer to honor my commitment to the cop and let the episode air with that vital information uh, redacted. With that vital information redacted. I think anonymity does more to elicit the truth than it does to elicit liars. Because, I mean, I'll, I'll, if somebody out there wants to pretend to be a cop and come on here and tell me some bullshit story, I welcome you too. But any cop knows that eventually you start talking to somebody and you start sniffing around. And, and you're like, this, this, is, this is too good to be true. You ever been working that off-duty where you're talking to the, you know, cop from uh, Left Elbow County, Texas? And he starts telling you about the fucking quadruple homicide that he had to work by himself, you know, on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. You know, he took down the active shooter by himself with a, a, a pencil and an eraser and nothing else. You know, eventually you start realizing it's bullshit. Well, I think we're pretty good at that around here. I'm very good at it. So I think anonymity, anonymity will only benefit the content and benefit you. The anonymity is decided by the storyteller. If the storyteller wants to remain completely anonymous, he or she will be Officer Bob, regardless of gender. So you'll hear my Officer Bobs. You're asking yourself, why the fuck are they all named Bob? But Officer Bobs are anonymous. I don't know, maybe I can get that as a community going. All my Bobs. Where are my Bobs at? Uh, It doesn't quite have the ring to it. What are we doing? We're doing stories one-on-ones and I quite haven't quite decided you know what the length of the episode is so here's where I'm gonna rely on you people I'm gonna rely on your feedback I need to know what do you like what don't you like do you want it longer do you want it shorter do you want to hear more do you want to hear more from this particular speaker would you like uh, collections of stories from different storytellers would you like collections of stories but you would like to hear more from that one particular speaker you'd like to hear less of that speaker so i'm definitely going to need your feedback stories one-on-ones at some point i'm going to do uh, maybe a collection of stories from the road so there will be a series about oh you know the best dwi stories the funniest dwi stories drunks quote unquote drunks even though we don't use you're not supposed to use that term 
At least I, te I taught my students not to use that term. You know, domestic violence. Good investigation stories. Good tax stories. Stories from the road. So yeah, I might do collections of those stories. And then I, will, I, I would like to do one-on-ones. But, you know, as I come to find, you know, man, I, I could sit down for an hour with my buddies and time will pass well, in a blink of an eye. Maybe that's not the same with uh, a storyteller that I'm a stranger to. So I guess we'll have to see. Now, some of the stories will be recorded live, but for uh, storytellers who are strangers to me or another state, I might have them do, I might do them remote, remote or via Zoom. So uh, you'll hear that and... Again, bear in mind that I'm trying to work on the quality of everything. But a lot of this is going to require your help. All right, you decide. You tell me what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. My only goal is the content. I'll polish out the sound quality. I'll polish out the shitty music. I'll polish out the ums and the ahs. As you can hear, there's tons of background noise in this recording. You hear me breathing and taking pauses and moving around and shuffling my feet. I'm leaving all this in there because I don't know how to fucking take it out, quite honestly. And I don't feel like we're recording it. I just want to bring you the content. I want to bring you the stories. Eventually, I'll, I'll be, you know, when you guys make me a millionaire, you know, eventually it'll sound polished and clean. And But, but I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested in the content. I just want to tell the stories. I want you to hear from these people. Some of them are my friends. And I think you'd find them interesting. And, you know, final note, I, I just don't think most police podcasts are very good. Some doctor who the fuck, you know, with a PhD in criminology justice department who wants to tell you how to be a cop. Okay, great. Solve the policing crisis for me. Or, you know, Sheriff BD Elbow from Left Elbow, Texas. I know I keep saying elbow a lot. You know, who's going to sit here and tell you what policing's like in his town. I don't want to fucking hear that. I've worked with those fucking people for 15 years. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear your story. You tell me. You you put me behind the driver's seat. What it felt like when you told that fucking guy to step out of the car and he said no. You tell me what it felt like when you were on major first collar. I want you to tell me what it felt like when you finally put handcuffs on the motherfucker who had gotten away from you so many goddamn times. So a lot of this is going to be guided by your feedback. And then last but not least, I want to talk about the future. Right now I'm doing all of this, you know, out of the kindness of my heart. It's because I want cops to tell their stories. I want, to, I want people to hear what cops truly go through. And I think I can help cops tell the best stories. Now look. Let's not fucking kid ourselves. The shit ain't free and I'd like to make some goddamn money. So I'm not asking for any donations or solicitations or anything uh, up front. I just need you to help me spread the word. Do, do you like listening to the podcast? I always listen to podcasts when I was on the street. I'd, I'd have one AirPod in my ear. This way, if I ever caught something, I could rip the AirPod out. It'd stop the podcast. You know, <laughs> that funny. I'd resume the podcast with the AP in the back of the car. You know, like, hey, do, do you like... Uh, do you like listening to this podcast about space or history? Anyway, I'd like to make some money. So I'm not soliciting any donations or anything like that up front, but spread the word. 
Tell your buddies, tell your friends, tell your family. If you think this is a good representation, that, that's my test to you. For those listening, for those who are cops, you ask yourself, man, you know what? That, that's funny. That, that is how me and my buddies talk. Then spread the word. And for non-police experience, for, for non-cops, if you're listening to this podcast, if it gives you any insight into what we go through, tell somebody else. Do you want to know what cops were? I listened to this podcast the other day. It was really good. It sounds like cops talking to cops. Now, if you are interested in helping, I'd like to, um, at some point, you know, get some professional editing. I got a buddy, a couple of buddies that are helping me, you know, out of the kindness of their heart, putting some things together. Produce. If you hear me refer to a producer in the podcast, it's because it's a buddy helping me out. But I'd love an editor. I'd love, you know, I don't know, a sound guy. Um, eventually, you know, some help with the web. Uh, website, you know, maybe an artist to animate things. All this will make more sense in a second. And, you know, just anybody that can help out. And then eventually, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be asking for some donations. Again, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, Patreon, Cash App, PayPal, I, I don't know. And I'd like to have some merch ups, but I'd like it to be something you guys can actually, you guys and gals can actually use. You know, so um, stuff that we'd use in the field that I would love. Um, you know, cool merch that isn't just you know, whoring out the brand of the podcast, you know, I could slap the fucking logo on a t-shirt and sell it for $25.99, but, you know, so, you know, eventually we'll get there, but, um, all of this is brand fucking new to me, so it's gonna sound raw, it's gonna sound unfiltered, um, but I'm introducing this podcast to you, and I hope you like it, and I hope you enjoy it. What to expect for this first episode? Sorry, but it's just gonna be me. I know. You said I promised. I promised all these uh, amazing storytellers. You're like, God, we can get this fucking guy. Uh, I thought I'd just tell you a story, and then in the next week I'll be releasing the first episode, and then eventually uh, we'll be releasing on a weekly basis. And you know, depending on popularity, availability, I got a regular job. I'm not on the job anymore, but I have a regular civilian job. I got a family, so I'm trying to do this the best I can. So we're gonna try to stick to a weekly uh, release schedule. What day? I don't know yet. I really appreciate your listening. I really appreciate your coming on this journey with me. And I hope you enjoy this first episode. NFIPodcast.com, YouTube, at NFIPodcast, email, podcast at NFIPodcast.com. Thanks so much. Trying to decide what story to tell, um, so many ran through my head. I was trying to decide on a funny one, a, a DWI drunk, a scary one, a serious one, awful things I've seen, and I decided it was just piss or get off the pot time to pick a story. In addition, to, I, I've always thought that DWI enforcement and investigation is like the pinnacle of law enforcement investigations and I know it sounds cheesy but DWI is an aspect of investigations that requires all skills 
It requires good traffic, code, knowledge, observational skills, of course, technical expertise, remaining calm under duress, you know, with a, with a yelling or screaming drunk who's, you know, saying all these awful things to you, being observant, making no, notes of the various physical clues and not just the SFST, but, you know, all of the, the eyes and this gate and all that. And then putting it all together, being patient, but being also very good with paperwork, having a good knowledge of case law, and, you know, eventually having to testify and having good testifying skills and good good courtroom demeanor. So I've always thought of DWI as uh, sort of the the encompassing of all of the skills required to uh, be a good cop. So I don't know if this is a chicken or the egg situation. Because I love DWIs from the get. I don't know, I just got it. And I'll tell the story of that one day, of how I got it in the academy. But I just always loved DWIs, and I, I don't know which came first. If I was a good DWI cop, and that helped me build my skills in all of those arenas. Or if I had a predisposition to having a proficiency in all of those arenas. And then eventually being a good DWI cop. Now, before I tell my story, I just want to make it clear. I'm not some fucking, you know, amazing cop that got shit out of the womb, you know, as a, you know, the commander of the uh, tactical squad. Uh, Yes, I was a rookie. I did dumb rookie shit. And you'll hear stories about all that. But what I meant, what I'm trying to say is I've just always sort of been predisposed to kind of sitting down, figuring out, having an investigative brain. So, you know, amazingly, this first story is not really going to be about DWIs, but uh, it's more about uh, some stupid, stupid shit. Stupid shit. Um, I was really good at spotting fictitious insurance cards. Fictitious insurance cards in Texas. Uh, I'm not going to get into the statutes with you, but... It can be interpreted two different ways. It could be uh, either, um, you know, providing a fictitious insurance card or tampering with a governmental document. And depending on the elements and the circumstances, it could be a felony or a misdemeanor. So, you know, I was really good at it. You know, um, I had a um, or I have a, um, a, a an administrative background from a kid. I started working real early in an office from 17 in a law office. And I was really good at um Word processing computers. Anyway, my point is I I was always really good at spotting things like fonts and spacing and centering, justification, right cent right aligned, left aligned. Uh, I was just I was always had a knack for kind of spotting documents and quickly reading through documents and terms and conditions and you know, just all the all the mumbo jumbo. So I was always really good at spotting fictitious insurance documents. And I worked in Dallas County. I didn't work for the sheriff's office. I want to make that very clear. But I worked in a a foreign municipality in the city. I mean, in the county of Dallas. It wasn't, and it wasn't DPD. Anyway, um, in Dallas, um, let's see. I believe, and you can fact check me on this. Dallas typically ranks among the top three, if not, it's always jockeying for top position for most uninsured motorists in the state of Texas. So, suffice to say. Uh, you get a lot of uninsured vehicles, and with that, you get a lot of people attempting to pass off fictitious insurance cards. It just happens. Now, whether the blame lies at the feet of the driver, the person who gave, gives you the insurance card, or 
whether the blame lies at the feet of the owner of the vehicle who lends it to the unsuspecting driver who then presents the fictitious insurance card, either knew or should have known it was fictitious, we can argue that all day, or whether the blame lies at the feet of the unscrupulous insurance agent or these people who are selling these uh, fictitious insurance cards on Facebook Marketplace. You could debate that all day. Every situation is different. Maybe it's OC, organized crime. Maybe it's not. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a... If you want a deep dive into the fucking philosophy and of the criminology behind it, you can go listen to some of those other stupid podcasts with, you know, Blue and Code and Job and all these other stupid names in the podcast names that are, you know, most of them are no longer recording anyway. Anyway, all right, enough shit talking. Middle of the summer. And, you know, our fucking dumbasses decided to have uh, black Tahoes. So middle of the summer, I'm on patrol, you know, AC's, you know, barely worth struggling to work. And look, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what it's like summers in Texas, oh my God, you have no fucking clue. And especially in the middle of, you know, Dallas County where there's like, you know, no shade or where I was working, you know, there's no shade, there's no cover, you know, it's just black ass, black on black. I'm fucking wearing dark blue. God, it's just fucking miserable hot. If you don't like that, don't move to Texas. The middle of the summer. And I stopped this car. It's a piece of shit. You know, it's one of those cars where you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, that fucking, there's no fucking, who would insure that piece of shit? So, you know, we pull up, uh, or I pull up and I stopped. I forgot what I stopped her for. I, I may have actually been uh, no insurance. Um, and I can explain that in a different episode and how the, you know, system works. But yes, it shows no insurance that provides sufficient reasonable suspicion if you see certain things on your screen for a, 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 a valid traffic stop. All right. Anyway, so I make the stop and, you know, she's got no AC. The, so the windows are all the way open and I can see everything inside the car. And she's nice enough, but, you know, just kind of a little kooky. You know, she's one of those kooky broads. She, you know who she is? She's one, of those pe- she's one of these people that keeps their entire fucking mailbox in their fucking car. You ever, you ever stop these cars? You stop these cars, you open the, they they open glove box. They can't find their insurance, but they have their water bill. Like, well, I never understood that. I never understood the transfer of mail from the mailbox to your car. Why don't you just put it in the house? Why is it in the car? Right, anyway. So, you know, just trashy, trashy car. And I ask her for proof of insurance and a license, and she shows me proof. I can see from, I can see from fucking China that this insurance card is fake. And the story of this insurance card is sort of the backdrop for the hilarity that is the contrast of a New Yorker being a cop in Texas in the South, in addition to what I always like to portray to people as sort of the, the, <laughs> the real details behind the story. It's not the arrest. It's not the AP. It's not the arrested person. It's not the AP. It's not the details. It's not the crime. It's not the, it's always the stories behind the stuff. That's how I fucking even remember this. I've arrested a thousand people for fictitious insurance cards. This is the only reason I remember this. And I remember she had a dog with her. I don't know if I mentioned that. She had a dog with her. It's balls ass hot, right? And I'm on the, I'm in the car. My AC's barely working because I'm also idle now, right? And I've, you know, the car's running its ass off, trying to power lights and computers and shit. So anyway, uh, I'm trying to look at the insurance card, and I'm and I used to always be 
like I, I wanted a mountain of evidence. I don't just want probable cause. You know, I, I want to, I don't ever want to have to go to court. So I would always, you know, try to get as much as evidence as I can. So in doing that, in addition to the insurance card being clearly fictitious, and I would write it up in my report, you know, the L was off and the Q looked like a B and all this other stuff. But I, I would also call the insurance company and I would tell the insurance company I'm officer so-and-so trying to verify coverage on a stop. Here's the VIN it should be on. Here's the person. And here's the, and I would tell the insurance, the, the person answering the phone, the rep, I'd say, I know this is a fictitious insurance card. I just need you to help me prove that. So here's the person's name, the car, the address, and the policy number is, uh, it's the, uh, it's the, the eye, you know, like the Egyptian hieroglyph, like the, the, the eye, actual eyeball, eagle, uh, pyramid, uh, what's that Egyptian dance, you know, where the arms look like, like, like one's an L, the other one's an upside down L, that Egyptian, you know, the walk like Egyptian sign. What do we call that? Is that, is that an Egyptian dance? What does that dance? Are there any Egyptologists out there who can tell me what the fuck that dance means? Anyway, so yeah, that's the policy number. Of course they'd come back and like, okay, no, it's obviously it doesn't come back. We tried looking it for, by their name, by their VIN, by the phone number. Okay. I got nothing. Okay. I, I, I had probable cause before, but now even more so. So, right. While I'm doing all this, she gets out of the car. Now, I was never one of these guys, you know, I'm not jumpy. I really, I'm really, guys, I'm really not jumpy. And I, I know probably, I mean, I, hey, so I survived, right? Probably not best officer safety, but you know, get back in the car, get back, get back in the car. I, I, I didn't really do that. Is that to my detriment? I don't know. I mean, why are they getting out of the car? Let's ask ourselves, why are they getting out of the car? Are they trying to remove your attend your focus from whatever is illegal in the car? Okay, well, you know, I'm going to find it anyway, right? Are they trying to run? Well, if they're trying to run, they're probably not going to, like, lazily saunter out of the car. I don't know. I, just, I was just never freaked out about that, you know? So she gets out of the car. Plus, it was hot, you know? So I figured, like, okay, she's sitting in the car. She's got no AC. Car's running hot. There's some old piece of shit, you know, Pontiac or something. So, like, she gets out of the car, and I'm like, all right, she gets out of the car, and she has the dog. So it only su kind of supports my contention. This isn't a big deal. So she gets out of the with the, with the dog. Now, here's where she pulled in. All right, help, help, stay with me here. Okay, here's where she pulled in. Picture a public street, right? And you have businesses to either side, right? But the business to your right is not just the storefront business. It's not like a curb and a sidewalk. There are parking spaces. Now, people from Texas are going to know what I'm talking about. You drive, 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 and then here are parking spaces. You turn right and you park at an angle. You get out, you step onto the sidewalk, then you walk into the store. You get what I'm saying? It's not like parallel parking. It's angled parking. You park, you get out, walk on the sidewalk, and then walk into the store. All right, that's, that's where she stopped, and I'm kind of, my ass is sticking out into traffic. You get what I'm saying? So I'm sticking out in traffic, my overheads are on. I'm it's middle of the day, and I'm talking to the, so I see her getting out, and she starts walking this dog. She starts fucking walking away from the traffic stop. And at this point, she's kind of walking out of view of the dash cam. I have dash cam, I have body cam. And I'm like, hey, where are you going? And she goes, uh, um, I'm walking my dog. And I'm like, okay, do I want to, like, make it a whole thing? I'm like, okay, you, you can walk the dog, but don't go any further. And I'm, you know, go back to my thing. And it seemed like she, you know, took to what I was saying. And I'm like, I'm not kidding. She, I, I, this is not an exaggeration. I know exactly where this happened. I can see it in my mind's eye. 
what business I had stopped in and then what business she eventually walked into or walked towards in front of. I mean, she was easily, easily, easily 50 yards away from me. Yes, half the length of a football field. She was easily that. I'm like, and and I'm not going to scream for recording purposes. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, I'm walking my dog. I'm like, get back here. You're not free to leave. You know, I'm screaming at her, right? It's all body camera. So she comes back, and I love it when people do this. They go, well, co- geez. G- what, geez me or geez you? Well, you don't have to. Are you kidding me? You're walking away from a traffic stop. You're de- being detained. Lights are on. I have your license. I told you not to go anywhere. I I just don't get these, the, the like, the, the like, indignation to like, oh, well, fine, if you're going to be like that. If, what you know, now I'm like, you know, like, if I'm going to be like that, if you're going to be like, you know. So eventually she goes, you know, like, now she's just standing outside of the car with the dog. I want to make the collar. I want to hook her up. Because I'm, at this point, I'm sick of her shit. I'm hot. I'm tired. She put me through all this. She fucking lied to me. She knows she fucking lied to me. This was intentional. <sighs> What do I do with this fucking dog? And yeah, I can call ACO to come grab the dog and all this stuff. And like finally, it's like, okay, look, here's the deal. Uh, it's hot. I can't let you drive away because you have no insurance. So what can you do with the dog? She goes, well, I can uh, have a, a friend of mine come pick up the dog because uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, can I just stay? And I'm like, uh, you know, you can't really stay with the dog, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Anyway, short version, get her hooked up, backup comes, get the car towed, friend comes and takes the dog, take her to the jail, book her in, end of, no further information, end of report, EOR. A few days later, (laughs) she complains. She makes a complaint saying that I was a dick or, you know, I was rude or conduct unbecoming. And you guys hear the way I talk, and it's not a fair representation of how I was on the street, but, you know, I mean, I'm uh, sometimes I, I can be very direct and forward, and, you know, I think it's where I'm, where I was raised and where I come from and all that. So, my sergeant at the time is this old, old dude. I mean, when I say old, I hope I don't really offend anybody, but he's still on the street at, like, you know, early 60s okay and when i say on the street i mean he was a patrol sergeant he's out there making stops and responding to jobs and stuff and you know he 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 had been on the job for some time and he was an old drug cop back in the 80s i mean he, he he'd been on the street forever and when i say old drug cop i'm talking you know serpico shit right he's he's got the jeans and the fucking 44s tucked in his waistband you know the mustache and the, the long hair and stuff anyway so He's an old school guy. He's also from Texas and he's super country. And I, you know, I uh, apologize to my Southern listeners, especially, you know, since I'm, I live here, but you know, he talked just like this, you know, and it, it always seemed like he was shaking his head whenever we talked to him. Like, well, you know, I just don't think, you know, can you see me shaking my head right now? Anytime I talk, well, I don't know. You know, I don't think that's a good idea, Bob. And you know, I suppose if that's what you want to do. So he tells me that this chick makes a complaint on me. And I'm like, okay, well, what did I say? And he goes, well, 
she said that, uh, you know, so I'm going to look at, so I'm going to look at the body is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep doing the accent. I will have at some point. So he says, I'm going to look at the body cam, look at it and I'll let you know. Like, all right, no problem. Cause you know, I'm, I'm fairly confident and you, you guys know, right? Like <laughs> when people complain, you're like, fuck, what did I do? Is that the traffic stop where I fucking whipped it out? You know, <laughs> is that the traffic stop where, uh, you know, I, I, I asked him how big it was really, you know, like, you know, you're like, I know I didn't do that. I know I didn't do anything wrong, but you're instantly, in, instinctively, you, you start, you're like, oh shit, what did I do? So he comes back and he reviews it and I'm like, oh, hey boy, I saw you know how to go, you know, like, what, what do you got? Or, you know, just apropos of nothing. And he had like a kind of, the look on his face, he was also one of these guys who like, you know, wore his emotions on his sleeve, right? So he goes to me, I, he, you could tell he had like, like a don't fucking worry about it look. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, how to go? And he goes, and, I, and I'll never forget. He goes, well, I looked at the camera and uh, everything was fine. You didn't do anything wrong. I saw that, you know, where she was walking away off camera and stuff. She went pretty far because, you know, he, he knew where the businesses were. Like she knew pretty far and you might've raised your voice a little bit when you told her how the cow ate the cabbage. But you know, other than that, I didn't see anything wrong. When the, when the, what, when you saw, I rose my voice, my raised my voice when I, what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything was fine, but you did kind of raise your voice at her. You know, you kind of yelled at a little bit when you told her how the cow ate the cabbage, but you know, and I'm like, okay, Sarge, I'm, I'm not, the rest of the English that you're speaking, I understand. I, I get all that. What What is that expression you're using? And he's like, the, the cow ate the cabbage. And I'm like, are you? And of course, you know, I'm my fucking stupid New York brain. I'm like, <laughs> guys, I swear this is true. I was like, are you saying collate? Like when you collate copies, like that they come out in order or, or in, in sequential order? He goes, how the cow ate the cabbage. How the cow ate the cabbage. The cow, like a, a cow, a farm cow, ate the cabbage. Now, I know all of you are going to be listening to this and going, well, yeah. That's a common saying where I'm from. It's not a fucking common saying. It makes no sense. Stop telling me it's a common saying. Because that very afternoon, as I was perplexed by Sergeant telling me this, I'm like, Sarge, that is not a saying. I... I've been living in Texas for a long time. I've never heard that saying. He's like, oh yeah, it's a very common saying. I'm like, it was not a common saying. And then, you know, this is, this is when you poke your head around the corner. You're like, hey, Davis, hey, you're from Texas, right? Yeah. Have, have you ever heard the expression, the cow ate the cabbage? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. What, what does it mean? Oh, it's like when you yell at somebody. Okay. Johnson. Yeah. I'm turning to them. Like, hey, Johnson. Yeah. Johnson, come here. Yeah, what do you want? Johnson, come come here for a second. Okay. Johnson, ha have you ever heard of this expression? How the cow ate the cabbage? Oh, yeah. We say it all the time. Oh, okay. All right. So all of you are going to tell me how common of an expression that is. I had a f If I have to fucking Google it to find out its origin, because I don't know what the fuck it means. It has no basis in it. I, I did Google it at some point. I still don't fucking remember what, like what, what, what its derivation is, but apparently it means, you know, you're yelling at somebody. The entirety of that case 
is earmarked, not by anything I discovered and all my good police work and all that stuff and, you know, and getting another fraudster off the street and saving the taxpayer a nickel. The only thing I remember from that whole fucking stop is how the cow ate the cabbage. Cut to, what is it, like three years later, right? And I'm uh, retelling this exact specific story. And you know the part where I was telling the story where it's like, where he's like, well, you know, when he was first telling me how the review of the body cam went, he's like, well, you know, um, you were, you were fine. And then, you know, I saw her, she was walking off and, you know, you told her, you did raise your voice a little bit. Uh, when you told her how the cow ate the cabbage, the person I was talking to was like super Texan, Texan and from the South. And he's like, that's great. That's great. I'm like, all right, I'm not fucking tell the rest of the story anymore. So you, you, you get it. And so that's what it's like being a New Yorker, being a cop in the South. Our website is nfipodcast.com. NFI, no further information, nfipodcast.com. You can find us on YouTube where we'll have these podcast episodes uploaded with uh their audio only so that's why i told you i was looking for an animator some maybe somebody that can help me create a video that could at least make it somewhat visually appealing um for now there's uh no way to send me any money even though i know you're dying to send me some money but you can always email us or reach out podcast at nfipodcast.com podcast at nfipodcast.com uh, eventually we'll get on some other platforms as soon as uh, those things happen we'll keep you updated my storytellers you want to come on and tell the story hit me up nfipodcast.com fill out the contact form for storytellers and make sure you read our terms and conditions if you're planning to be a podcast i mean planning to be a storyteller make sure to read our terms and conditions if you're planning on being a storyteller i was going to edit all that out but nah, all my mistakes <laughs>